And I had a nurse named Pearl Nelson, military. She'd come in and do things that I don't think you learn in medical school, nursing school. She'd whisper in my ear. I didn't, couldn't understand her. She'd whisper, she'd lean down. She'd actually breathe on me to make sure that I was, that there was a connection, a human connection. She went home and brought back her pillow from her own bed because she didn't do the one I had the one comfortable. But I'm not joking. Democrats were shuddering privately just right. a few days ago about how big the margin was going to be. Republicans were predicting a red wave, but they may end up with the same slim majority Democrats have had for the last two years. We are going to take the House back. But we've got so much more to do, and I have only begun to fight. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve... Now listen, we're going to welcome you back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. <laughs> I'm going to welcome you back to the, the Ruthless Variety program. I need some explanation. What the hell was that? It's Uncle Rico with dementia. Is what <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he was doing his best to talk about what nurses meant to him, and in you know, what in what context? Uh, he was speaking to a group of medical professionals. He was doing his best to just sort of like be honest with everyone about what what they meant with and, the pillow like, and the breathing. I was in Reno one time. I'll even dress up like a nurse. <laughs> How does he say this in public? <laughs> My God, man. I look at the transcript. And it's just, so here's the thing. Is Wait, I, was this, hold on. This was this week? Yes. Yeah, right. And, and, and so I, I tweeted this out as being like, what the hell is happening? And uh, I had someone reply to me, be like, is this a deep fake? Because like, like lately, it, no, it sounds like one. Yeah. No, and and I had actually tweeted out a couple of years ago. He says some crazy, somewhat similar story. So like, this is not something that was fabricated and out there on the internet. This is something that's this crazy. Is, guy he said that. I said, yeah. And you know what? To be honest, I think it's the only cool thing Joe Biden has ever done. Wait, what are you? T- <laughs> what are you talking? What? Like you look at the transcript. I had a nurse named Pearl. Should come in and do things. I don't think you learn in nursing school. Oh my god. Like, Everyone's like covering their kids' ears, like Joe Biden. You're the president of the United States. What a cool disaster! Pal. I, th- I, you know what I love about this is, is he's remarkably lucid about things that happened 30 years ago. But I bet he couldn't tell you what he had for lunch yesterday. Well, no. that's a really good. Who, <laughs> boy, oh boy! I mean. Is that lucid? I don't think that's lucid. It's more lucid than what he says when he has to talk to reporters. With the pillow and the breathing? I mean, the... it beats falling down the stairs getting on it at least once. It at least, it at least explains why he's constantly sniffing and smelling the hair of underage women. <laughs> <laughs> that's not something you learn in nursing school. No, no. I think, I, think, I think he has a misunderstanding of the role nurses play in a hospital. <laughs> yeah. I really do. I mean, God love him. He's the president of the United States. He really doesn't understand. I, I mean, I've, I've frequently said that I have a ton of more respect for nurses than doctors because they actually put in the work. But imagine you have to deal with this guy who's like, oh, yes, I could feel her breath. It's like, man, that's Dude. a tough job. No, they, you know, ev- ev- job. Every nurse in the country has dealt with somebody like him before. Yeah. They've, got a, they've got a plan to deal with guys like, like listen, him. Listen, he's old and has dementia. Yeah, usually they, don't have, <laughs> usually they don't have the nuclear football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the worst-case scenario is a sponge bath. (laughs) I mean, my God. Okay. All right. Well, 
At any rate, welcome to the Variety Program. Uh, we've got a lot of good stuff here for you today. Um, fellas, one thing that I think we should address off the top is the fact that Hack Madness is coming up. That's right. We are in the process of working on the brackets. And I, I don't need to tell you, listener, how many hacks there are yeah. in the media. It's a, it's a tough decision making, you know, 65 names. But we're on it. It's the third annual. Third annual. And we in this one, you know, look, we're we're we've decided that to look at previous brackets, understanding how we've weighted it and and like make some corrections. Yeah. Make sure that we're getting the best of the best. Well, I, I know this is sort of your hobby, Horace. It is. Holmes, is yeah. that you feel like a lot of the print journalists are sort of They've been undersold. They've been undersold. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've put too much emphasis on the TV personality, no question, one hundred percent. Yeah, but that there are some diamonds in the rough. You know, people who put out absolute brainworms on the internet, in print, every single day, regularly. We got sh- to show those people respect. And, and we, also, we, like, we there's going to be a significant shakeup. You know, you've got an end of a dynasty. Brian Stelter is no longer working. In right. right. Yeah, the, and, and Cuomo. Yeah. CNN. Yeah. C- yeah. Huge. huge CNN, changes. The, the disruption at CNN, I think, is the biggest impact on this entire. Bracket. I mean, you take out you take out two number one seeds right. when you begin. You no, know, it'd be like the end of the Big East. Yeah. You right. know, like if you just dis- you just disrupt- disrupted the entire conference. Great point. I mean, yeah. this is better than. Vital giving his analysis of yeah. the actual March The Madness. diaper yes. dandies. <laughs> there will be diaper dandies, there by will the be. way. Yeah. There will be. So anyway, we're keeping an eye on all that. Believe you me, we're putting a lot of thought into it. So so stay tuned on all of that. Uh, we also have, look, we've talked about this for a long time, about if you're running for president in 2024, you got to come through us. That's right. Right? Yeah. Uh we're going to begin that exercise next week. And how exciting is that? We're beginning that actually. We're not going to give you exactly who's coming in when, but you'll have sufficient time to prepare. Yeah. And we're going to take it seriously. And and remember the ruthless rule is in effect. If you announce you have 60 days from when the ruthless rule went into effect, you have 60 days from when you announce to come on the show, right? And so far, it seems like every candidate is respecting that rule. They're very much. There's a mm-hmm. lot of response, mm-hmm. a lot of response. So anyway, we're going to get that out in front of you, um, fellas. I, I also would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that we've had a lot of incoming from listeners. Mm-hmm. People are excited. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to get into a point where everybody's a excited about politics, but mm-hmm. b just sort of excited. They like the content. They like the animal fighting. They like the stuff. And we're getting a lot of reviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of great reviews. And again, that's why we always thank our listeners at the end of the show. I mean, the numbers keep going up. They do. We appreciate everybody telling your friends to listen. Yeah, I, I feel like I, had a, I got a pretty good response on my, my attack on Grandpa Joe. Oh, you did? Yeah, no, yeah. that was... That was the Willy Wonka. Uh, no, excuse me, Charlie in the That's right, factory. that's right. That's a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get it wrong. Uh, you you earned you earn that thank good you. response. Thank you. Timer. Thank you. Willie's Wonka. He's an expert in it. The guy knows everything there is okay. to know about Willie's Wonka. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So uh, why don't we start the five stars the way we always do with the voice. Okay. This one is from Kid Libertad, and it's titled Good Humored Irishman. <laughs> this should be good. Good. Rarity. I've listened for a year, and I can't let go of the program. It's a great resource for conservative thought and goings-on. 
Wait, can can I make a request? Can mm-hmm. I get this in like an Irish accent? Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be nice. And, and you have some. It's heritage. a great resource. I have I I have Irish blood. I can't do an Irish accent. <laughs> it's I'm a sorry. great resource. I'm just, I'm just it's too... a great resource. I'm looking for your pad. Conservative thoughts on... and going on. It took me like a charm. <laughs> if 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 I flew if I flew to Ireland and they somebody looked at me. They might think, why in the world is that guy talking with an American accent? <laughs> Except for the fact that you can't do it an Irish accent? I can't do it. Really? I, I can't do it. Well, okay. at least we get in the voice. Okay. There, okay. there is much love about the show, i.e. warnings about the coming of Animal re- Kingdom Rebellion. The mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom Rebellion is going to be a disaster, and thanks to Kid Libertad, uh, uh, Kid Libertad is sharing the, the disaster that that's going to be. They also love long form candidate interviews. Jeez, is this like a is this like a uh, hooked on phonics? <laughs> we got this review little... of this. I mean, <laughs> did you lose? Did you lose eyesight? What? I, I you feel like you're not me, even you, reviewing. You just asked me to read it in an Irish brogue for crying <laughs> out loud. Are you kidding me? I can't, I can't even. Is that was anything that you just said printed in the review? Every single word. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you want me to start again in Irish? No, I'd like you to just finish. Oh, I'm looking for the pod to the first thing Thursdays and Tuesdays, and I like my dogs in the morning. Never turning them back, of course. I mean, are you kidding me? You hate my people that much. You hate my people that much that you just make fun of the Irish. For crying out loud, eat a, eat a lasagna. Eat, eat a garlic bread. Have a, have a wine. Do something Italian, buddy, because the Irish men are coming. They're going to take over everything, starting with the rest of this review. This is amazing. All right, you want to read it in an Italian accent? Well, this is the thing. He was very upset. He said, and then you started in my fellow Irishman. Fellas, I'd love to tip a few Guinness back with you all someday, but just know this. It'll all end in a brawl. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that yeah, it's that's because fact. Irish fight. <laughs> yeah, they do. They fight. Keep up the great work. America needs you right now. That's what he said. Well, no, nothing Excellent. Nothing but fresh potatoes and many children for Kid Leopard Todd. Swag, <laughs> uh, you want a second? Absolutely. So this is from Tilly Ato. It says, favorite podcast? <clears throat> I have been listening to this podcast since episode one. Wow. Wow. Thank you. That's fantastic. Amazing. And it has only gotten better with time. Much appreciated. A perfect mix of political analysis, insider baseball campaign strategy, animal news, and celebrity gossip. I look forward every Tuesday and Thursday to hearing the fellas' takes not only on politics, but also the most recent animal attacks, which is the only mainstream media I bother to read anymore. Exactly. That's smart. And their Thanksgiving episodes have become a key part of my Thanksgiving tradition. Thank you. That's what... That's what we aim for. We aim for that, yeah. Gearing me up for a difficult family circuit, which last year included a relative calling another female relative a bigot because she is only willing to date, quote, cis men. Oh, my God. That's this, like this person is the person That's we it. seek to encounter. 100%. Oh, I love I love you, Tiliato. I like, st- I like this next line. I'm still looking for a seven-foot inflatable Kyle Rittenhouse, if you have any leads. <laughs> <laughs> you put that on your lawn yeah. ahead of Thanksgiving. The Ruthless Variety Program, Michael, we need to hit the internet button. We need to Get create a seven-foot seven inflatable. 
Kyle Rittenhouse inflatable. <laughs> have we asked Rittenhouse to come on the show? I don't think we have. No, I don't think we be probably a good one. should. Yeah, we need to do that. Hell, for the Thanksgiving special this year, that'd be the best, right? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Talk about his inflatable. He didn't release his inflatable. <laughs> what it's sets a great this, idea. What sets this podcast apart, though, are all the personal stories and anecdotes. I laughed so hard at the rhinestone elephant story. Yeah, the brooch. That's such a good <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah. And repeated it multiple times to confused friends who asked if I knew these people. My mother passed when I was 28, leaving me six rhinestone elephant pendants, which mm. I dutifully kept for years, never yes. wearing. Yes. Until I also donated them to Goodwill. Imagine Goodwill has buckets of those things. <laughs> One final note, as a mother of four, I initially took great ombrage to Smug's take on children on planes. However, I recently took our three oldest, ages four and two twins, <laughs> On a Southwest flight to Orlando, and he is right. <laughs> the four-year-old played his iPad repeatedly, taking off his headphones, and the two-year-olds were feral animals. <laughs> he also empowered me to politely tell a childless masked woman to F off when she complained that my two-year-old was kicking her Hell yeah! during her fourth complete meltdown tantrum of the flight. That's it. There's no rules on Southwest. It's like Outback. You know, there's no rules. Just right. You're on a Southwest flight to Orlando. This is what you signed up for. Yes, this is what you deserve. Yes. I mean, this is gospel. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to listen to today's episode and keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you so much. So, listen, we appreciate these things so much, and there's only so many that we can review. I can promise you that all of us read all of them. Every single like, one. We, we really we, do. And there's only one. so many that we can actually talk about on the on the show. But all of them are awesome. Well, the only, the only thing I want to add to that is the Irish. <laughs> oh, <going back laughs> they're literally in. the fighting Irish. Okay, here we go. The, the Irish Dame is here. We go is, is like our, our our shield against the anti-Irish bigotry. Well, look, you don't like them. No, no, I love the Irish, and Duncan is a Scotch-Irish name. I love it. The Scottish are good I'll, folks. I'll yeah. say that. All I'm gonna say is <laughs> the Italians are. Oh my God. Are, <laughs> <laughs> The, I love it all the time. He's like, give me a minute. I'm, so we got to talk about the Italians. No, I'm pulling up I'm pulling up the analytics. Look, this is it. This is just numbers. Okay. This is just numbers. Pure numbers. We have been giving the Italians so much shit for months and months and months. The Italians in Italy have doubled up the Irish mm. on our analytics. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. We have a, we have a lot of anal, uh, of actual like like native Italians listening. Yeah. Not like American. No, 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 no. Like in, actual in, Italians. In Italy, we have twice as many listeners than we do in Ireland. Is okay. that right? You know what? Shout out Italy. They're, they're, okay. Yeah, they've they've, they've more stuck with us. Audience. They've what's stuck up? with okay. us. Okay, here's here's what we need to do to settle this once and for all. It's I, some, it's desperately some afraid. We're going to instigate a war between at Italy and Ireland. At some point. <laughs> desperately afraid. At some point this year, oh we God. need an Irishman and an Italian to go up against each other in a game of King of the Hill. Oh. And we can settle wow. this battle once and for all. Okay. And it should be, you know what, in an Ameri- the American way, it should be judged by somebody who's half Italian, half Irish. Okay. Cr- Christy? Maybe Christy's Christ- half maybe. Italian, half Irish. And you know what? You know, that's, a great, that's a great well, I, idea. I wonder if you could hook this up, Holmes. We get Alito versus Kavanaugh. And then Christie is the, wow. the judge. Hill? <laughs> judge and jury. I, I don't know. I, I listen to that. It's possible. All right. Well, let's get into some news. So you may have noticed that there was a mayoral election in the great city of Chicago. Really good, really good race. An absolute dumpster fire yeah. of a race. And you had uh, Beetlejuice. 
That's who right. Is, who is running? Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, Lori Lightfoot, uh, and she had two challengers: a person named Vallis and a person named Johnson. Hmm. Turns out, Beetlejuice didn't make the run. Oh no! I mean, yeah. can can anyone remember an instance where there was one of these? You know, this typically happens in big cities like New York, Chicago. Baghdad. You've got these like yeah. <laughs> just got disgusting these, like, cities. You know, you've got these like monster elections where there's like 40 candidates on the slate, but like everyone knows the incumbent is gonna win. Yeah. Until like I can't think of an instance where an, a sitting mayor. Well, I think it's I in think this I, way because both both the other candidates made the ballot. She didn't make the ballot. So I I think I read, and this is not in the document, but I think I read. Uh, since it's been since 1983, wow! In Chicago, since this ha- has wow. happened for for an incumbent, so uh, this is according to the Chicago Sun Times mm. paper of record. There, Mayor Lori Lightfoot finished third in Tuesday's election with 16.89 percent of the vote, behind former Chicago Public School CEO. Paul Vallis at 33.9, and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson at 20%, uh, 20.3. So uh, Vallis, who is 69, and Johnson, who's 46, will face off uh, in an election on April 4th to decide who becomes the 57th mayor of Chicago. Now, look... Before you start, like, sort of celebrating this situation. Yeah. Because, I mean, Lori Lightfoot, in a lot of ways, was a, a, a face of the progressive left when it came to COVID, when it came to crime, when it came to all these things. Um, she was, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and a horrible mayor, obviously. I mean, crime just went through the roof. Right. The problem that you have here is that this this Vallis guy uh, is basically a teachers union substitute. Yeah, and and from what I've read, the other guy is a socialist. <laughs> as long as as these other candidates will at least sort of back the blue, maybe that helps the crime situation. Chicago is Chicago's more dangerous than Johannesburg. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, you walk, you walk. Locals call it Chirac. You you take a step out of Wrigley Field and you're liable to get gunned down in that city. (laughs) But I would not. I'm not not going there. I'm not going there. It's a tough call. So this is according to the the, the Sun Times. Vallis Johnson runoff promises to be a generational battle between a candidate of the Fraternal Order of Police and a candidate of Chicago Teachers Union of radical. uh, This is what Axelrod said. I mean, remember Axelrod was... That's interesting, because he's a Chicago guy. Yeah, he's a Chicago guy. I, I, I think legitimately Vallis would be better. I don't I don't trust... Wait, I don't what? trust any of these politicians. No, Vallis would be better than Johnson. I wait, mean, oh, hold on. So wait, give me... I want to hear your view on that. I mean, it's just it's just the, the lesser of two evils Who's the here? fraternal order of police? Vallis. I thought it was Johnson. No. Oh, it's Vallis. Yes. Well, then it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, I don't know, okay. because this is also the teacher's union guy, so it could be just like a union thing. Hold on, though, dude. I mean, if you go back and you look at this, you've got the Chicago Public School CEO, Paul Vallis, and the county, Cook yeah. County. Chicago. Cook County encompasses an awful lot of Chicago, mm-hmm. right? And there, it, I think much of it is uh, leaves a lot to be desired. 
But it, Chicago is still one of the great American cities. I don't know. That's up for debate at this point. Really? I always thought they put themselves on the map. It's a town it's that the, put themselves on the map. It's the Great American Shooting I Gallery. I can't believe that's what that's what Chicago is. That's what Chicago is. Like, okay, you've got you've got like, if you're talking about like the great cities, you've got New York and DC and you've got Los Angeles, and then somehow Chicago's like, hey, us too. A, like a horrible, miserable, cold place that you go in any part of the city and you could get robbed and shot. I think that's a low blow. They've got Connie's Pizza. They have a lot to. The to... Bears have been terrible. The Cubs have been terrible. Can, <laughs> yeah, the weather is but, terrible. Can but, I can I tell you how everybody's going to have buyer's remorse on this? Yeah. So Lightfoot, the incumbent, everybody thought was you know the face of COVID shutdowns, teachers unions, everything else. But in the end. Some oppo showed up the day before the election day. And Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot allegedly told staff, quote, I have the biggest dick in Chicago. I saw this. This is Jeez. an incredible quote. Do we have the whole quote? This is from Mediaite. And I'm not being, I'm, looks not, all I'm doing is, is quoting the yes. media. Yes, and, and this is the thing is that you have to tell the people the truth. I'm not being lewd. I am simply this is quoting. A quote. This is such a, the whole, do you have the whole thing in front of you? It was amazing. Yeah. So Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot allegedly told council of the Chicago Park District, quote, I have the biggest dick in Chicago. According to a lawsuit reported by the Chicago Tribune Thursday, <laughs> according to the lawsuit uh, filed Wednesday against Lightfoot in, in the city of Chicago, George, uh, name unpronounceable, a lawyer, Lotus, yeah, whatever, uh, represented a Chicago Park District, says that Lightfoot cussed him, and then uh, in the Chicago uh, Park District General Counsel Timothy King. Uh, for making a joint civic committee Italian-American uh, to display a Christopher Columbus statue in 2020. Okay. You, should see, okay. you should see the full statement. No, no, you need to read that. The full statement. You Read, read All right. dramatically, please. Folks, shield your children's ears. This is directly from the current and, sitting And mayor. again, you're not doing this because this, you want to be provocative. I don't want to. I think the, the people deserve the truth. They need to know. It says, uh, this is a direct quote. You dicks. What the F were you thinking? You make some kind of secret agreement with Italians. What you are doing, you're out there measuring your dicks with Italians seeing who's got the biggest dick. You're out there stroking your dicks over a Columbus statue. I am trying to keep Chicago police officers from being shot. And you're trying to get them shot. My dick is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest dick in Chicago. Where did you go to law school? Did you even go to law school? Do you even have a law license? You have to submit any pleadings to John Hedrick's for approval before filing. John told you not to do an effing thing with that statue without my approval. Get that effing statue back before noon tomorrow or I'm going to have you fired. <laughs> Imagine you hear this. What is, what is, do you, do you know what the statue this is, is she's talking about? This is not about? an it's, HBO it's, show. It's this the, is not The Sopranos. It's the, it's, this is the sitting mayor of Chicago. So ladies and gentlemen, the people of Chicago made a grave mistake. <laughs> The, the background is they removed the Christopher Columbus statue. Yeah. And there was a lot of consternation about maybe returning it for the Columbus Day Parade. Yes. And apparently there was some back channeling with these Italian American <laughs> communities to allow that to happen. This and is such an amazing she quote. took Yeah, she took umbrage at that fact. She I did, think she, she wanted the statue. She didn't want. No, the it statue. sounds like she wanted the statue. Sounds like she wanted the statue. I don't know if Here's she the, did. She, she wanted the statue. No, she, she did. didn't like people going around her to 
do it. Ah. Uh, Dude, I can't wait for the Scorsese movie about Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, that is one of the best <laughs> That's quotes a- in the history of American politics. Yeah. We're going to have Robert De Niro play Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> Saying the wildest shit. Maybe even Joe Pesci's got a player with the lines like that. Hey, Robert, I need you to stoop down really low and open your eyes as wide as you possibly can. (laughs) Guest appearances by Jesse Smollett. (laughs) I mean, amazing, right? Anyway, that's Chicago. Uh, For all of you who are listening from Chicago, good luck to you. Good luck. Good Good luck. It's just, it's very, Sounds like it's a pretty tough deal. I would go with the the Fraternal Order police guy over the... uh, uh, what is it? The, the school board, the c- county, yeah, Cook County. How could you? By the way, just as an aside, before we get to the next topic, how could you ever vote for somebody who's been involved in a school board? Now, so if I, if I were in Chicago, I would vote for the worst person possible, and, move, <laughs> and then move. The, the, it's like the, my feeling towards like all the big cities. Like whenever, like I remember when De Blasio won in New York, and I was like, good, like. It's got to get bad. It has to get very Guys, bad. When, when like we, people put up with a lot of really stupid shit, and it's got to get a lot worse before they wake up. Um, okay. All right. Uh, it turns out that people are uh, paying exorbitant amount of money for protection. Yeah. Costs. Speaking of trying to deal with crime. <laughs> and we've all been, I mean, you know, as a listener of the program, we've been very wary of animal intervention. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that LA homeowners are snapping up $150,000 executive protection dogs. That, I mean, when when I saw this in the document, first off, $150,000. That's a expensive animal. That's that's an extremely expensive animal. But, so first I thought, like, this is crazy. Why would you pay that much? Because this is just, like, loaded people. This is, like, super loaded people. If you're willing to pay... 150k and not expect mm-hmm. like you know an Italian car and instead you get like a dog Why right? Does it have to be an Italian? Well, I mean, well, they Lambo make, they make, or a Ferrari, oh, right? You know? They make a good car. Okay, okay, so, but then I thought this is so hopeless. Like, typically, if you're rich and you're in a blue state, you can buy a politician. But like, clearly, a lot of people have had that idea. Politicians are getting too expensive in blue states. <laughs> now you just gotta buy a dog to save your ass from all the shit you've been voting for. So, so, so this is according to Yahoo News. The elite animals, typically German shepherds, uh, Belgian Malinois. Malinois. Yeah. That was actually Malinois. really good. That's a really good pronunciation. It's a Belgian like Malinois. Yeah. Belgian like Malinois is a very tough dog. And Dobermans, <clears throat> uh, King Corsos, or a mix of those breeds are marketed under names such as, quote, personal canine bodyguards and executive protection dogs. Amid a spate of high-profile crimes in upstart parts of Los Angeles, they have become highly sought after amongst Mm. the rich, many uh, of whom worry about being targeted. Mm -hmm. Interesting, right? So protection dogs, they say... Uh, provide an immediate layer of frontline defense, unlike security cameras, which merely show the intruder on the property mm-hmm. and uh, the only devices that happen to be pointed in the right direction. So here's what I feel: is like if you're in a blue state, 
I mean, this is how he benefits you. It's like animal versus animal. You well, know, this is, you're, in a, you're literally living in a jungle. You can be defund the police. I fully support sending yeah. an animal after someone else who, I mean, I, like the shocking thing, the last time I went to Los Angeles, it's horrific. It's horrific. <laughs> Right, like especially after COVID, imagine I, smug struggle. I it's talk, a terrible gosh. place because they're against police. I, I, I talked to all a of lot the of elites, local people, all of the and elites like, are like, "Yes, like we let everyone who's like on a number of drugs out and and do whatever they want because that's the humane thing." Okay, if you're gonna have like no rules, just let the animals. I roam. just, I what I don't understand is I thought this story would be good for John Ashbrook. No, no, he because, doesn't care for it. But these are dogs. These are working dogs. These dogs are fulfilling a need for their human companion. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. These and, are not like pet dogs. Right. These dogs These dogs are doing something to help us. No, but Smash doesn't like any animal. Even for any of... I mean... I mean, I just thought a working dog would at least get a little bit of respect from John Ashburn. I do, I do respect these dogs. And what I'm saying is that these Hollywood elites... <laughs> Putting the dogs in between them and the criminals who they've allowed to run amok because they are too feckless to actually support the boys in blue. I think that that is hypocritical. Yeah, I would support the dogs being like, you voted for this. And being like, come on through. (laughs) Which they could. Give me some peanut butter, Robert. Yeah, it's easy. A little bit of peanut butter, you can roll on through. This is what they voted for in this house. All right, so it's not going to work, and and obviously Ashbrook's got the definitive 000. opinion about that. Dude, just get a house in a red state and be happy yeah. with your life. How about move? Yeah. How about move out of L.A.? Um, so, listen, last night I was on uh, Fox News with Brett Baer, and he did an incredible interview with Ray, the FBI director. Yeah. And what was so amazing about it is he actually – unloaded the vault like every question that you ever wanted asked to director ray he asked and like nine tenths of it he just punted right wow he just just punted 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 didn't answer obfuscated like didn't didn't there was nothing right i mean basically like oh why is the fbi interacting with social media companies to tell people they can't talk about covid he's like uh yeah we don't do that it's like well you do do that so and we have the the receipts right here uh and he's like yeah we we don't do that i mean so so a lot of it just didn't land it was very clear to me i did the the panel after this it was very clear to me that the fbi put ray out for one reason in one reason only it's that the energy department came out early in the week and said that there was no question in their mind that the lab leak theory is the real theory on covid yes like the that, most likely thing most likely even thing. if they think it in low confidence it's the most likely. the most likely thing yeah and what he obfuscated on every single question then he asked him about that and he had a definitive answer yeah that the fbi has concluded that the lab leak is the most likely scenario oh right? no mm-hmm. oh no it's really tough well it's fascinating in a lot of different ways because i mean look <laughs> a lot of fbi directors and the fbi itself likes the fashion itself is independent from an administration right mm-hmm. their tenures are longer i mean remember it means a holdover yeah. From the it's Trump like a, it's administration. It's like a 10-year term or something. Yeah, yeah. right. And so it, it 
for whatever reason, they decided that the FBI was really important for him to go on Fox News and say definitively, the, the FBI believes that the lab leak theory is the right theory. Yeah. Right? And he it's, said that. It's a, such a horrific conclusion. I mean, when you think about the ramifications of this, that, and, and it's, I think, apparent at this point with the number of agencies and individuals who have proof it escaped from a Chinese lab and they tried to cover it up and so many people died and there was so much misery and you saw all these old folks who were husbands and wives who were separated died separately alone the ho- alone yeah. the horrors that humans globally were subjected to because of these horrific things the Chinese government did. Well, and, and now you have a lot of, you know, luminaries on the left who are disagreeing with these conclusions well, from the Energy point, Department and, and yeah. from the FBI. Why wouldn't they believe the experts? It's just so funny. It's so funny because I thought in the Trump administration disagreeing with these sort of intel agencies made you an asset. Yeah. An anti-science. Yeah. A, 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 you, were, you were doing treason yes. on behalf of you're, Vladimir you're Putin. Asset. Right. Here, here's, right. here's the thing, fellas. Nobody was looking to the FBI to confirm their suspicions about the lab leak theory. Everybody knew that it came from Wuhan. And one of the big problems that the government has, particularly places like the FBI, is that these organizations operate sort of like B-list politicians. They feel the need to just explain their political point of view in like a TV interview as if they're running for office. I, I don't care if the director of the FBI has a view on the Wuhan lab leak theory. Get the bad guys for crying out loud. Well, no, 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 no. but I think this is more important because the reason I think this is important is because the Department of Energy came out with their findings. Yeah. Okay. And immediately, I mean, no, ridiculous. no, immediately the White House said it's inconclusive. Yeah. That the President Biden and his spokesperson refused to acknowledge that as the explanation for right. where coronavirus came from. Right. There's like a lot of agencies out there working on this. We don't really know. We can't say conclusively. They walked away yeah. from that in front of the American public to say like, well, this is one theory of the case. Right. And you know, and you know right? what's a real shame is, so in, in finance legally, you always have to put conflicts of interest. Be like, oh, you know, my opinion on this company is because I'm a shareholder or I'm on the board or whatever. And and Joe Biden, this administration, be like, oh, no, no, we, we, we completely disagree. China was not responsible. Side note, you know, the Biden Center took like $10 million <laughs> from China. Right. Our Secretary of State Blinken was getting money from them. I was getting money from them. You don't have to say that, which is horrible because it, your opinion is so colored, especially in this administration by the people who've been paying you. And the American people are being fed these lies after so many instances of being shown that it's very clearly a but, lab leak. But let me tell you what I think it's about, right? They know they're dead to rights on the Hunter Biden thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know that they've had depositions like the one that Eric Schmidt talked about on this program uh, a month or two ago where you have FBI officials interacting with social media companies Mm -hmm. to try to put down stories that are detrimental to the Biden administration. They know they have that, Mm -hmm. right? They also know, as Grassley said on this program for the first time, uh, that there are whistleblowers in the midst that talk about whether there are thumbs on the scale within the bureaucracy of of the FBI to sort of downplay any sort of Biden culpability that you alluded to Mm -hmm. um, 
in terms of investigations and upplay Trump liabilities, right? Yeah. And, and 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 Grassley has said this. If Grassley says that, I believe it. Yeah, same. Right? 100%. If Grassley says this, I believe it. They know they have all that stuff coming. Right. Right? So if you're an FBI director, you know you've got all that baggage that you're hauling, and then you watch the Department of Energy come out and say, this is our conclusion, and then you watch the FBI or the uh, White House say, we're not sure right, about it. Right, right, right. You know that you can curry some favor as an independent agency, quote unquote. Yeah, by getting out front. By getting in front of it and saying, no, 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 what they said was right. That was our conclusion, too. And what they have done is presented a huge, and let's not downplay this, there's a huge chasm between the White House and the Department of Energy of their own administration and now the FBI on what the origins of the coronavirus were. And that is not insignificant. That is a very, very big deal. Okay, well, if the FBI's role is to fill the chasm between the Department of Energy and the White House on a political topic that happened three years ago, I want to know which department is responsible for stopping the fentanyl that's flowing over the border. No, I get it. I, I want to know which which department is responsible for sticking up for the cops who are getting their ass kicked yep. on a daily yep. basis in the media, just trying to keep the peace in this country. They're doing their level best, and there's nobody that has their back. And the FBI, meanwhile, God love them. There are a lot of very good FBI agents out there, and I'm not criticizing the FBI agents. What I'm criticizing is the politicization of the of the organization. What they need to do is focus on keeping us safe. That's the thing. That's, yeah, that's, that's all is I'm one saying. Thing. All like, of these agents. It's not a you, political you entity. The acronym. We have enough They've political all entities. Given up the duty. We're like, especially during the Trump years, is so many of these organizations saw it as their time to get TV deals, and you're faced in front of the camera of completely giving up your duty of protecting this country. I mean, look at the state we're in. You know, our border is not secure. Every day I see some member of Congress say that, like, the amount of fentanyl seized in my district could kill, you know, 50 million people. Yep. And the FBI, meanwhile, is like, oh, well, you know. It's an epidemic. Fentanyl is an epidemic. And the meanwhile, the FBI is like, you know what? Oh, Wuhan, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We're going to do a CNN interview. Just do your job. Yep, do Guys, your job. just please protect us. It's- no, I think that, look, I think that's all very well taken. You know, he brought up the the case of the pro-life guy who was ultimately acquitted in Pennsylvania when they showed up with like should have been. 60 uh, that was FBI insane. agents ripped him out of his home. Yeah, I mean, that's the that thing was, is like you see things like that yeah, and it's like, right. what the hell are they? Like, I'm with Ashbrook. Like, what the hell are you folks doing? What are you it, doing? You, right, right. So, I mean, look, all the important questions were asked. I don't think a lot of answers were given. But I guess my whole premise to bringing this up in the first place. Ray, come on the show. Is that he came on for one reason, and it was to tell everyone they had concluded that the lab leak was the deal. Mm. That's legit. That's legit. Right? So so to, to change topics, I, I want to discuss what I think is the one acceptable time to storm a building. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, KFC is bringing back the double down. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? I'm serious. I, I saw this, and I told McDaniel, "Yes, we are going to discuss the double down." Have, have any of y'all ever? So, so for for, for our listeners, 
Explain what the Double Down is. So KFC is bringing back its bunless Double Down sandwich for four weeks starting on March 6th. It features two pieces of bacon, cheese, and either mayo or spicy sauce between two crispy chicken fillets. <laughs> it's wait, first so time in nine years. Wait, so the chicken is actually the bun? The bread. So like, it's not a sandwich. It's not It's not a sandwich. Dude, a sandwich has bread. It no. is not a sandwich. This is like your friend who's on some crazy keto diet. Who's like, <laughs> who's like, I can have as much cholesterol as I want to clog my arteries as long as I don't have a single Dude, fucking I grain. Bet, and it's I like, bet the double down is keto, which is wild. Just, just, <laughs> is it paleo? Could bro, be even paleo. It's paleo. It's paleo. It's keto. It's everything. It. I mean, it takes it takes the pyramid. You know, flips it. It's it just, flips it's, it. It's like all I want is fat and salt. Have you have you ever had a double down? No, I I tried had one? one. Yeah, I've tried one. Okay, they're good. They they're are good. they're excellent. They are good. <laughs> I just don't and understand like how you can say that. Chicken. I don't know how you can say that. You're just eating fried chicken with mayo it, and bacon in between. It. Yeah, it's not dude, a. How it is, is it? It's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. It's so I always shoot for meals to have a minimum of two animals. You checked it right there off the bat. You got bacon in between. Chicken. It's like you're straight to the point, you know. Because like, what if you think about it? Yes, I love carbs probably more than anybody. But what's the purpose of bread? It's like okay, it's to hold it together so you can have your meal. You know, it makes it convenient. But what if? What if it was just fried chicken? You can't. <laughs> you, you you cannot eat it on a routine basis. No, it, it no, is. It's a bro. novelty item. I mean, My, it's a, it's an absolute widow maker. But I'm not against. You. Like, here's the thing. I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I'm against classifying it as a sandwich. It is not a sandwich. Is there a KFC anywhere around here? There is. There's and so we many. Should, and we should go. And my, my father-in-law yeah. uh, calls these things a barnyard slaughter, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is just a perfect description. I, I'll tell you, when it drops, we all go, we get double downs, and we should have a review on the show. I mean, I, I already know I'm giving idea. it an A. It's an A or an S tier, 100%. I mean, I personally, when it comes to KFC, I like the the strips. Mm-hmm. I like the strips, and I like getting the uh, you know the mashed potatoes with the gravy. You dip them right in there. Maybe you get some coleslaw too. I don't know what else you like. Maybe the mac and cheese. They're all good. I mean, it's okay. What the, the sad truth of KFC is it's okay. What do you mean? You know, if you have if you have like a Popeyes in the vicinity, if you got like a Zaxby's, there's a lot of options now for chicken. You get a Bojangles. If you're if you're blessed yep. to be in the South, get a Bojangles and have some like crazy. Like if a, if a Bojangles made a double down, it would blow people's minds. You know, Bojangles I, I, breakfast. Yeah, best in the game. The Bowberry biscuit, best in the game. If Bojangles went with a double down, it would crush them. They had a, a small sandwich called the Chicken Little. Do you guys remember this? At all? I, I vaguely, vaguely remember. So it was really it was a small bun, like a slider. This, so yeah, it was a slider, size of like a Hawaiian roll. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They would put a small. A breaded chick fried chicken patty on it with yeah. a little bit of mayo and boy that was so good i bet holmes had a chick had a few chicken little in you, his day do you have a chicken little from kfc you have one of these no, no i mean i was just a big bucket guy yeah mm. i was a big bucket I mean, you're, you're, to me that's the you, way to go were you original recipe did you like the extra oh spicy? No, no no i was definitely an original recipe you don't want to screw it up with like you know any sort of like I don't know, newfangled stuff i like the extra spicy 
Well, I, I mean, didn't mind. I mean, I'm sure I would have loved it, but like the old school yeah. KFC in the bucket with the red yeah. and white stripes. No, it's great. It's great. Don't you get me wrong. You that up. But they did the extra crispy. Remember, that was the first mm-hmm. innovation was the extra crispy. And then they yeah. had the extra spicy on top of that. And I yeah. felt like that's how they competed with, with Popeye's. I feel like Popeye's nailed the well, season. Well, it depends on where you're from. I mean, where I'm from, Popeye's doesn't, doesn't roll. Oh. Wow. Wow. They're the king of the chicken, I mean, king of chicken, period, but chicken sandwich for sure. Yeah, well, whatever. I don't, I just. So, we, we, you know what we should do that is when the double down drops, mm-hmm. what is it, it says it's the ninth. So, like a week from now, we all go and we should get competing products. No, it's who's the, who's the king of the chicken sandwich? Is it the true chicken sandwich where there's not even bread? Wait, so you get like a chick you get like a Chick-fil-A, yeah. you got a Popeye's. Yeah, that's a good point. Chick-fil-A is a contender. You get a KFC. Yeah. yeah. Maybe churches. A hundred percent. hundred percent. You guys want to talk about something serious for a minute? Yeah. So do you remember this whole DEI movement? Yeah. Sadly, of course. yes. It's the, the diversity roles. Yeah, sickos. Thing. Yeah, yeah sickos. Where, Sicko make work. Right. And it, I mean this this became the cause celeb post George Floyd. The religion. The within religion of within the corporate America. Because look, I, I think we we have a guest coming up, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, mm-hmm. who is running for president, who's talked about this in a lot of different ways, about how corporate America basically has insulated themselves against corporate destruction. Because, they, you know, let's be honest, like corporate... <laughs> Democrats basically believe in socialism. Right. It is what it is. Like, they want to destroy any sort of free market capital. Right. The a DEI is basically the protection racket. That, it's the protection that racket. That allows... It's, it's extortion. Yeah, That's right. all it is. It is. It is. And so, um, this became a very big thing right about the time of COVID because of George Floyd and everything else. And there was, like, a corporate rationale, shall we say, uh, about dealing with the anxiety and uprising amongst a healthy segment of America about prejudice and what have you. And like, look, instead of dealing with that issue, what they decided to do was create DEI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is basically, let's create something within our corporation that hires people uh, exclusively based on skin color on background nothing to do with whether or not they can actually do jobs uh, i mentioned this the other day on megan kelly is when you turn demographics into qualifications you're gonna have a disaster yeah mm-hmm. i mean you're gonna have liars like you know rachel dolezal and, and what's her name the lady who who got caught the other day but this is a recipe for disaster it is a recipe for disaster and it, it, it's it also is counterproductive if you if your job if you actually believe, as we do, all of us sitting around this table, if you actually believe that every single American deserves an equal right and an opportunity mm-hmm. to succeed in this country, if you actually believe that, this kind of thing sets it back light years. Yeah. Because what you're looking at is a bunch of people who are qualified, who sit in the back seat and watch people who are unqualified hired exclusively because of the pigment of their skin. And, and this is the thing is I think it's very key, you know, if you see any of these acronyms and you see what it stands for and you look at DEI and the E stands for equity, equity. instead of equality. Yeah. 
you know you're number one dealing with a grift and this isn't about helping anybody except for the individual no, right. on the grift. Right, 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 right. That's the whole thing. It's a, it's a cottage industry for yeah. the people who've now decided that they're experts in this to go to all of these Fortune 500 companies and say, hey, I'm your expert. Right. You know, go ahead and pay me an absurd amount of money to tell you how your business should run. Yeah. It's not actually about let's hire more black people. No. Let's hire. It's, it's not about that. No. It's never been about Which, that. By the way, there's an incredible argument to be made about diverse hiring practices. No. In order to market products. No, that's not what it is. But they that's just, not what it is. They want to gatekeep the entire thing that's by saying, it. here I am. Here's this cottage industry I've created where I can be the, the ultimate truth sayer at your company for you. And in fact, if you disagree with me, well, that's only because of your prejudice, because you're a white person. And when people come for you. Yeah. I can be your protection. Yes. And, and right? that's why I love, and, and, and this is the exact thing that I cited the other day on Megyn Kelly, is NBC News, shockingly, reported this incredible story. Uh, it says, diversity roles disappear three years after George Floyd's murder oh. inspired them. Oh, so, I'm surprised. So, oh my gosh, I can't believe. Do you think maybe it's because the political winds have shifted? <laughs> It's like suddenly the belt has to be tightened and we can't have make work jobs for fake people. Oh. But but it gets even better. So it says here, DEI roles increased by 55% following demands for broader racial equity and justice after Floyd's murder. The Society of Human Resources Management. Imagine how miserable that crew's got to be. Society for Human Resource Management. Uh, But instead of creating fair opportunities and a comfortable work culture for black employees, a pair of recent reports indicate DEI professionals are losing their jobs as layoffs across the country have gained momentum. But here's the kicker. The attrition rate for DEI roles was 33% at the end of 2022 compared to 21% for non-DEI roles. So they're they're losing jobs more. Uh, The interesting thing to note here is uh, another survey showed that black employees represent only 3.8% of chief <laughs> diversity officers overall. <laughs> Think about that! Yeah. With white people making up 76% of the roles. It's what so cool. Wow. It's all it's con. so cool, who dude. It's all thought? a con. Every, every woke white woman who put a black square on Instagram was like, you know what? Now I'm a I DEI a expert. Deal. I got yeah. a new you know? deal. <laughs> it's yeah. incredible. And she's like, listen, I put up that black square on Instagram. Times are tight. I'm going to lay off all the black employees and not myself. I mean, that is what this is. This was a huge rift. This report shows the majority of the layoffs happening in these DEI groups are layoffs. Black people losing their jobs. And now the vast majority of the folks who are keeping their jobs are just white people. It's just the whole thing at its beginning was white liberals who want to make themselves feel good. Yeah. And now they're like, well, shit, now it's about money? You gotta go. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) You know what it reminds me a lot of is the whole Me Too thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. About about how uh, the Me Too uh, whole movement was conjured out of a PR campaign of a Hollywood-based... Alyssa Milano got caught up in this. Agency. The whole group was essentially bankrolled by the people who did from, horrible things. Well, right. Yeah, like back back Weinstein. Yeah. Well, no, but it wasn't it, it wasn't me too. It was remember it was times up. That's right. So times Oh, you're right. So times up was the astroturfed version of me too that was run out of CAA. Yeah, which was like no you said, shit. the agency that yeah, that represents Alyssa Milano and it was the whole reason who, who's the chick from Charmed? I can't remember her name. Yeah. Who was 
opposite of Alyssa Milano yep. in that show and was basically like Alyssa Milano is married to or was dating a guy, an agent at CIA and they basically conjured up this idea of this thing called Time's Up as a way of co-opting Me Too to reduce the impact it would have on the industry itself. It was oh, it was man. it was a it was a way of of basically protecting the lunatics who were in Hollywood and were doing these crimes so you could basically whitewash the entire fucking thing. Which is I mean it's basically what we're I seeing. I mean allegedly here. that was the entire and But isn't that basically what we're exactly seeing it. here? That's yeah. exactly what we're seeing. Right. That's what DEI is, is. Is the interests who are responsible for all the problems, right? Created this grift for themselves. And they will continue to benefit. I cannot tell you enough, listener, when you hear the word equity, someone's getting paid who shouldn't be paid, and this is a grift, and you should run. It was, this, it was Rose McGowan, by the that's, way, yeah, that's who, right. who, who blew the lid off all this. That's right. This, this is what makes it very hard for everybody listening to this show to pick up a newspaper and read it for at face value. They all know that every one of these stories is pitched to them by some multi-million dollar PR firm yeah. written by an organization that's only goal well, is to Well, it doesn't stop them from writing it, John. It, it, do, it, does, it doesn't stop them from writing I it. I mean, but honestly, we're inundated with it. The funny thing is, is that that knowing that these people know the grift, they still go along with it. I mean, the, they, what, it, it was just uh, the other day when that story broke about Semaphore, where they were like... Uh, the Chinese uh, Yeah, the Chinese investment. connection where like yeah. the Chinese government... So explain what Semaphore is. So Semaphore is a horrible fake news website started by Ben Smith, who's a horrible person. Oh my God, I'm going to say that. Ben Smith, you're a terrible dude. I'm sick of you. Ben, was, ben, ben <laughs> is a, a good guy. He was a politico. He was a BuzzFeed. I, he's not a good guy. He's at New York Times. Semaphore is a new thing. He's trying to get rich off of... Listen... Uh, you know, if you let me, let me, if let me, you have equity on, yeah, and you can sell okay. your stakes before the, the before the workers can sell their stakes, like at BuzzFeed, which went through a SPAC, you're you're a terrible dude. Let me take this a step back. So Ben Smith was an incredibly talented journalist who was at the beginning of Politico, and he basically started real time updates for political journalism. Basically, started he's responsible it. for the horse race, right? He, I mean, in many ways, yeah, that's in many ways. Um, and then when he left Politico, he, went, he left for a bunch of investors to start BuzzFeed. And BuzzFeed was thought to be this multi-billion dollar adventure. Uh, it turns out it, it absolutely... It, it, but it was for the folks like Ben Smith who could sell their equity ahead of the workers. Okay. Okay, no, no, no. I mean, maybe that happened. Maybe that, I, I don't know the, the, the specifics of it. The long and the short of it is it didn't work out. It basically crumbled. He went to the New York Times... He did what he had originally done and done a lot of like media media commentary or whatever. And then he left the New York Times to start this place called Semaphore. And anytime that guy makes a move, everybody in DC pays attention to it because, you know, look, he's got a following and he's had a record of success in terms of commanding an audience. And now so, he can com command an audience because he's being bankrolled by the Chinese government. So that was the new development. This is, uh, I, and I wonder if it's a new development. Who knows? So anyways, this guy Well, it's a good point. It's a good the point. Thing is, is, is uh, you know, again, when you look at someone who has equity in a company like BuzzFeed and is able to sell but doesn't have to divulge that they have an equity stake while they're at the New York Times, who knows who they're, you know, given that history of scruples, who knows who they're in bed with. Yeah. This recent situation with Semaphore where 
they're they've gotten money from individuals and and uh, you know news outlets broke this news and posted images of who is on this board with them. There's two members of the Chinese Communist Party, yeah. which is insane. That's wild. The, insane. A news wild. outlet has multiple in this day and age. members in this day and age. Multiple. A, a U.S. news outlet has multiple members of the Chinese Communist Party. The yeah. point. After the, like we've had their balloons over. The majority of this country. I, Smug, the only point I'm making is that the majority of our listening audience every morning opens up the news and they're like, what am I supposed to believe? Yeah. I don't know the, I don't know the background of these people. I don't know their motivations. All I want to do is get some information so I can be on about my day yeah. as an informed citizen of America because I care about this country. And... The mainstream media has done a disservice for the last so many years uh, to your average person out there looking for information, and they are constantly searching. And so, I think the ruthless variety and that's program. And that's exactly it. Is, is, it. You know, I and this is not just like self-aggrandizing. We're pretty much the only show. <laughs> we'll give you like the, does not give a damn enough to tell the people the truth. Seriously, we'll just give you everything we've got. We'll just tell we'll, you. We'll, we'll give you everything we got. We're willing to disagree with each other. Yeah. yeah. Here here on the on the radio. So, um can I bring up a topic that I'm is sure to ignite smug? I really really can't wait for this. Uh an influencer refuses to switch business class seats so a family can sit together on mm. an airline. Good for them. This is according to the New York Post. Plane etiquette has become a hot topic of late. TikTok star Audrey Peters has ignited the debate. Of course, it's a TikTok star. After revealing she was on the receiving end of the same question. The 25-year-old took to TikTok to share her dismay at being asked to move to a middle seat in order for a family to sit together. Hmm. I got 6,000 Chinese kids liking my posts at gunpoint. What do you think? You think I'm going to move? You think I'm going to move from this seat? <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I got more. In her clip, which has been viewed close to a million times, Audrey uh, appears to be sitting in a first class with a glass of champagne in hand on a flight from New York to Paris. Uh, when a family asks me to switch seats on the plane so they can sit together. The audacity. The audacity. The audacity of that. She then is seen smirking as she toasts the camera while mouthing along to a backing track, which says, girl, fuck them kids. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, read the rest. (laughs) And fuck you, too. (laughs) Shout out, Audrey. Audrey, who has been 651,000 followers, she has. Uh, posted the clip alongside the caption, no, I'm not going to be switching for a middle seat. Book your flights earlier, babe. Thank you. Yes, I, uh, even though she gets her living from a Chinese spyware app, I fully support this decision. The audacity to be like, okay, individual who I've never met in my life, somehow you've made a way to make ends meet, to treat yourself to a flight in business class from New York to Paris, my kids are going ham, and I want you to go back there and deal with this shit. Wait, so uh, you're on your team, Audrey? Here, hundred percent, dude. None of this is fucking real. <laughs> none of this is real, dude. I don't know why. 
So much oh, of our... You got the old man worked uh, up. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I, I would tell them that, like... All of this kids- is predicated on the idea that we're supposed to care about this woman who films herself in her face every day. <laughs> Why do we pretend like she's a... A, a reliable narrator. Well, here's why. No, serious. I'm I'm being I'm being dead serious. She is saying that I had to change my seat. Are you? No, seri- she said she didn't. Hold she on. Refused hold. To. She refused I understand to. that. I understand. She she refused to exchange her lie flat to Paris for I assume another lie flat. You're you're telling me seriously that a flight no, no, attendant no, no, no. was like go back to to coach. No, she that's did. not she what happened. Bullshit. That bullshit. Is, bullshit. Right bullshit. Here, bullshit. 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 That never fucking happened. Nobody Th- would ever do that. No one would ever do that. It no, did. No, no, it does every no. day. Every day on every plane. Hey, families who were can I tell you something? Children without smug. Like smug. When you're taking a transatlantic flight, a flight attendant never comes up to you and says, hey, can you go to coach? That doesn't happen. Here's the thing. No, it's fucking fake. She's drinking a glass of champagne. In fact, later in the article, it says the TikToker said the passenger said that he would only move if he swapped seats with his girlfriend. Yada, 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 yada. Eventually, the passenger in the window seat next to the TikToker offered to swap with Zoe, allowing the pair to sit next to each other. Dude, it was all business nope, class. Nope. Here's, here's, this is just no, fake. No, it's, it's fake true. stuff for life. It, it was the dude next to her who was willing to do the stupid thing and help out this family who hasn't Do learned the stupid thing who wasn't willing to let a family all we're doing refi- all we're doing is we're parents? giving we're giving this person exactly what they want which nope. is clout based on nothing no here's the thing these people are such to stop fucking losers parents who refuse to discipline no. their children everything they want no. we as a society Public, no. the public should stop putting up. What's more disgusting? To their kids. What's more disgusting Listen, your kids is people crying and going with, crazy in public because you raised it on an iPad. What's more disgusting? Why should we have to put up with it? If, there should be a rule. I, I, I said this earlier. There's a 30 second rule. If your kid's crying, you got 30 seconds to get it out of there. You take it to <laughs> the time is ticking. If you don't get it in 30 seconds, it, it, it's like football. You can punt the baby. I you get a wait. thirty second rule. I can't wait. I can't wait if, for him to If you kids. don't take care of it, you punt the baby. Like this is not a foreign idea. I remember growing up, my parents said, "You shut the fuck up on." A I just can't. It's imagine. very simple. I sat there quietly. You're gonna I sit there. quietly. They're like, "You have a book." I didn't have an iPad. I had a book. You flip. You the, sit there. You, you flip, read the book. You, you shut up. You, flip, you can do whatever you want, but you gotta shut up. You flip the camera on yourself, and suddenly you're the victim. Not 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 the parent with two screaming kids. You're the victim <laughs> drinking the champagne. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> I just this is why I appreciate my. Parents, because I was raised by folks who were like, "You shut up." There is, there is, you no, behave in public. But that's not, you're the not the a issue. nuisance. That's no. not the that issue, issue at hand. Let that's me, the let issue. Me, let me take it back to the issue at hand. The issue here, and I agree with Duncan. What we're talking about is a swapping of business class seats. There's no, no way they're sending her back to coach, bro, that, dude. Bro, there's no middle seats in fucking co- in business class. Well, there is right here. if you fly a big enough plane. Yes. Well, okay, okay. Oh, wait, you're right, you're right, right. If it's in New York to Paris, definitely are. Right, yeah. I would, I, I would They're the diagonal you. business class, dude. No, this says right here, okay. she's being asked to move back to a middle class, uh, a middle seat. I'm not letting that happen. You should never, ever, because here's the thing is, if you know what you're doing, if you're a parent, number one, your kids are disciplined. Number two, you plan ahead. You're not like, listen, we're gonna roll with chaos. We're rolling the dice on this plane. We're going to buy seats. We're all sitting in corners, and we're going to be like, we're going to roll up and be like, I have kids. How about you do my job oh and my plan God. out where me and my family sit? How's that sound to you? 
No. I got my champagne in hand. I'd be like, back up. So wait, who's- You should have flown Southwest. Southwest doesn't go to Paris. Maybe you don't go to Paris. But back to what we talked about last week. Doesn't the airline have some obligation to sort of figure out how to yeah, accommodate? They the kids. they should put the kids in steerage. If your kids cannot <laughs> behave, they go in steerage. Like, you don't have to sit together. Like, here's the other thing. It's like, you know, I had even taken uh, uh, flights alone when I was a kid, you know, visiting my grandparents. And you get on the plane, your parents are like, you be quiet and you be good. I mean, it's very simple. They told me two things and I just did it. What a wild, what a wild concept. Smug. Your parents tell you to do something, you got to fucking do it. Smug, <laughs> before we get to our next segment, can you infuse some anti-Italian bigotry in here so just we can offend everybody here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's our take on airlines. Uh, let's move on to the last segment of the day, which actually is really important. It is. And, and this is very key. And this is one of the things that I it just infuriates me. Yes. Beyond belief. And I think it should infuriate Ashbrook more than anybody because he lives in this world. But Mark Kelly, a senator from Arizona, he was up last cycle in a very competitive election. And basically nobody wrote anything negative about the guy. It was all process stories. All like, oh, he's raising a lot of money. And then like, oh, what has his opponent said? Let's examine his, you know, affiliation and admiration for Ted Kaczynski. Which, you know, look, don't get me started. But but the important part is is that Mark Kelly had no scrutiny as a Democratic Senate candidate. Mm -hmm. Who is now, as we now know, made the difference between a majority and a minority in the United States Senate. And... What we have come to find out now because a spy balloon flew across our entire country mm-hmm. is that he, he personally, yes, is involved with a company that basically manufactured these things for China. I think this is very important because we have factual information tying Mark Kelly to these spy balloons. No, it's it, very, I mean, this is it's, insanity. It's it's, it's that, very, like this not not that this person is center that that this person is not in jail. It's it's uh it's very true. This is all of this news is true and it comes from Axios. This is not a right of center news outlet. Axios writes an Arizona company that manufactures and operates high altitude surveillance balloons and contracts with the federal government faces renewed attention oh. in the aftermath oh, of the it's destruction, yeah, it's just destruction of a spy balloon sent by the Chinese government that entered U.S. airspace earlier this month. As, a recent, as recently as seven years ago, the company secured funds from Chinese investors. So let me, let me just stop on that because this is what's important for our audience to understand. Republican operatives understood and communicated his investment and involvement with this situation for the last four years. Yeah. They told every journalist who would have pen to paper. I want to specifically say Matt Whitlock, who like broke his back trying to tell every reporter in this country that Mark Kelly was deeply involved with Chinese firms. He was getting venture capital money from Tencent. 
Yeah. The like, dude appears in ads like with speaking in Chinese, China. In, in China. China. In China. Yeah. Being like, I'm an American astronaut. Right. And I say, I support this Chinese. Right. Stuff. And he's supposed to be our United States senator. It's the it's, it's fucking bonkers. It's insane. It's it's, it's totally bonkers. It's like but, the main Turing candidate not, for the Senate. This is not something that has had quote unquote renewed attention. <laughs> This is something that has been on the radar for every journalist right. who can speak the English language yeah. for the last uh, four years, and yet a total disinterest. In fact, it has never, to my knowledge, been written outside of conservative publications no, it, at it, all. It, 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 has, it hasn't been written, and you know we've talked about it before on the show that if a Democrat is being criticized in the mainstream press, you can bet that another Democrat stands to benefit from it. The other axiom that I, I think that our audience should be aware of is that if a Democrat is being criticized in the mainstream press, their election is not on the line. And so yeah, that's, Mark, that's the thing. Yeah, Mark Kelly was recently reelected. He's got uh, six last, full years. Last right. November, he's got six full years. So so now it's good time. Now like, it's good I time was, to air this stuff. Press can, the press so can criticize him without this. risking. Without press can criticize him now in the first year of his new six-year term without risking losing the listen, vote that they care about. But, but listen to some of these details, which is unbelievable. A Tucson-based worldview, uh, co-founded by now U.S. Senator Mark Kelly in 2012. 2012, by the way. Yeah. Right. So it's not. That's a, not. That's not 1986. A, it's yeah. not like fucking light years away but b it's also like in the time frame that he's running for the united states Senate. yes Bingo. right 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 right, right. So he received venture capital from tencent yeah among the largest tech companies in china which we we all know and, and tencent is, is known to be like among the most tightly bro, we're controlled like, we have like sanctions against by them. the by the chinese <laughs> government like Tencent is legit just the Chinese government. <laughs> imagine, imagine knowing that, getting that information and thinking that's not in the public. No, interest. it's not well, relevant. That's, that's the Mark Kelly thing. Yeah. It's like, it, it, so when I saw this story, it makes me so mad because he is someone who willingly, very willingly supports China and the Chinese Communist government over America. When, like, I gave to Blake, I wanted Mark to lose so badly, and only after the election, because I guarantee, like, you said, conservative media had so much information. We're pushing this information. It wasn't even just media. I mean, there were were people. And, like, Axios is like, okay, now that we got a damn majority, we can say, okay, Mark Kelly is 100% China. Everyone knew it. Everyone knew it. And the American people should be so enraged at the media for this. The media has always been left of center, but within the last 10 years, they've gotten much, much worse. There's left, and you go all the way left to China. This is, in, in my view, totally inexcusable. This is this is different, in my view, than you know, not covering some what somebody said or whether you know whether or not the context was appropriate or whether you think it's like you know influential in terms of a, those are all interpretive, subjective things. This is an investment as a co-founder of a company that has sold surveillance balloons to China. Like how insane is that? How how is it that that wasn't the only story in that race? 
let alone the fact that nobody wrote it. And again, I'll go back to the point where this was not an example. We've seen like in the in the case of uh, Santos or whatever, where people didn't do their job and they didn't like you know put out the oppo and nobody actually wrote it. That was not the case with this. With this, with Mark Kelly, every single human being in the political journalism society, whether you're New York Times, Washington Post, Politico, The Hill, whatever, Arizona Republic, they all knew. Mm-hmm. They all knew mm-hmm. the details of which were printed this mm-hmm. week. You know, you know what? They I want? all well, knew I'll it. You, I'll tell you, there is a phenomenon um, in uh, each of these states that's happening where local news is falling apart. Oh, but and bro, this listen, is not the hey, local news just thing. Listen, listen and Arizona is well represented. Will you just listen to the me? The AZ Republic is fucking the Communist Party, but they covered the news. Listen to me for one second. Local news is falling apart in these states, okay? And Finally, the, some good the news. impact the impact <laughs> the impact is not exactly what you might think it would be. The impact is that the reporters who are left trying to scramble for bro, a job. You're covering listen to for me. Journals, listen to me, bro. dude. Listen you're to me. Journals. Listen to me. The reporters who are left trying to scramble for a job are writing what they think the national left-leaning publications would want them to write so that they can get a job. Re- retweets. You're giving them so much benefit of the doubt. I will I'm tell t- you you think you think the like you think the 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 editorial meetings are like the West Wing. I'll tell you what the editorial meeting was like. Some journalist was like, hey, you know those spy balloons? Yeah. Well, Mark Kelly's involved with that. Is he in cycle? Not anymore. All right, run with it. That's okay. how it goes. Okay. These are horrible people. They're goblins. I've, these these journos, they're all monsters. They're horrible people. I don't care if they're the Arizona Republic or Axios who finally reported this news, and they didn't report it before November. And I'll tell you why. I bet they knew before November, but they don't report it. Because they're on the same no, team. No, they, they knew, but I mean, to Ashbrook's point, it's more insidious than what you're you're suggesting. What you're suggesting is that there is a ideological motive. There is that, no question. What makes it much worse is that there's a business incentive. There and is. The business incentive is, in order to be to to actually be gainfully employed, you need to generate traffic, and if you generate traffic. You're going to do that by playing into a larger ecosystem of national media that traffics the left. It's why left wing, it's why center left reporters who 10 years ago may have tried to play it straight are all of a sudden doing something well, I'll, else. I'll tell you this that may have worked for a few years with, with Trump in office, but I think like uh, Daily Wire is a great example. If you want clicks, the right is the place to go. Because you have nine hundred outlets to choose from. Right? No, no, you're 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 I, right. I, I, I don't I, disagree with that. I, don't I think the I think the prob the problem is from a business structure standpoint is that they already have they're already pot committed on the left. If you if you want already if you want a committed. job if you I'm want a job in journalism. That Ashbrook's defending Mark Kelly. If, <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing blast! There's probably nobody on the face of the Dude, planet who spent <laughs> more time. <laughs> Doing Oppo on Mark Defending Kelly. Mark Kelly. <laughs> Defending Mark <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. But look, I think this is, I mean, this is an important point for all of us to, to focus on. I mean, th- this guy is up and to I, his I think neck. It should be, the call should be for him to resign. I think it's clear cut. I agree. 100%. I, no, no. And like, this is not like being like, you know, way out there. If you as an individual were involved with the business, 
that helped out these Chinese spy balloons, number one, you should probably be in jail at the minimum. At the minimum, you should be under some scrutiny and, you, and, and your business Dude. should be ruined. But this is a U.S. senator. If he were a Republican, it would be national oh, gosh, news. Can you imagine? Nonstop every national day. National every, every, every candidate everywhere would be answering, do you support Mark Kelly? Do it would certainly be more, more important than like where George Santos went to college. 100%. Can you believe that? Right. Can you believe that? that? That's what they're mad about. Yeah. They're mad about George Santos, and they're not mad about, well, this guy, he worked with the Chinese spy balloons. I mean, it turns out, I mean, am I wrong in reading this? And that That's he's, the truth. That he is co-founded the, the damn thing, and Tencent invested in it. I, I'll tell you, folks, listeners, for a good time, you go on YouTube, and you search Mark Kelly China, and you even see the ads where he's selling like supplements and, and shit and he just like has to speak in Chinese. Ugh. And it's like, wow, well, it's very clear where your fortune came from and who you support. But now, folks, it is time for me, once again, to be the judge and jury. Oh. Folks, <laughs> let's get to King of the Hill. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So I have, of course, the champion, Sherry Jacobus. You do. That's right. You do. Uh, I'm going to go with Matt Dowd. Wow. Okay. Clash of the Champions. Let's do it. Let's go ringside. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. It's time for King of the Hill. In the red corner, fighting out of an empty campaign office in Texas. Returning for a chance to reclaim his crown, Matthew Mailpattern down. And now, in the blue corner and current champion of the world, Gummy Cherry Jacobus. All right, let's go ringside. Let's get into these fights. Okay, you got our, our, our defending champion, Michael Duncan. Uh, yes. Uh, round one here. I've got a uh, oh, man. I've got so much, dude. I mean, it's like I Sherry Macherry. I, uh, I, I. I mean, I have explained my jurisprudence to the people. I am the voice of the people. I Whatever have, no, will I have elicit a, the most cheers. Let me, just, let me just say at the outset, Okay. I have a fundamental problem with the changing of the judge and jury. Not because I right, question... This is insane to begin not, with, and we'll be... Not no, because I, I I'm question, consider this. Not because I question your independence. This not is, because this I do. This is some like, court stacking kind of but nonsense. The, but the, you sound I, like demand the idea that you have taken his champion and played her against me. I've lived long enough for Holmes to support demand justice... This is unbelievable. You know, this is you know, you know what I would say, Holmes, that I've run this game for two years, and I'll pick whoever the fuck I want. Yeah, yeah. How about that? How about that? I mean, the, the guy I, didn't—he he didn't win out of a mistake. That good. <laughs> All right, pal. All Let's right. Let's hear it. Round one. Okay. <clears throat> Sherry Jacobus. Elon has put me in the shadows. I used to see my followers and engagement go up steadily. Now it barely moves. I didn't change. My contribution to Twitter didn't change. 
Elon Musk decided to hide me. This is such a banger. And on top of it, she RT'd herself. <laughs> a misuse. But she she misuses every time. She does. She misuses she every does. time. She does. But I just love the fact that on top of like, I don't get the engagement. I RT'd She myself. RT'd herself. Yeah. yeah. No, it is a nice little touch. Yeah. No question. This is from, from Matthew Dowd. I have an absolutely nuclear bomb for you. Okay. I hope so. It is so destructive and awful what happened with a train wreck. The spreading of poisons in our American soil. Now, what did you think of here? Palestine, Ohio, or former President Trump? Wow. Hard to, <laughs> hard to distinguish between the two. I'm just going to... I'm going to be honest. That's a winner. I mean, like, that is insane. Here's the thing is, I initially was like, okay, that is a wild take. That's totally nuts thinking that, like, Elon has picked you... Wow. Individually, Sherry. Wow. But to be like, listen, we have to discuss... <laughs> you, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't to compare what they're going... To just Trump. It's not even like he did this, he didn't do this. It's just like you think about East Palestine and then you think about that's, Trump. That's really wild. It's something. Oh. I mean, like, I. I oh, that's, oh, that's we're just, just going to get, we're just giving it to him. I mean, that is stunningly good. That is insanely wild. It's mm. a wild take. Mm. Round two for the challenger. Okay. I'm going to leave with this. I've said, can I get a little uh, West Wing? I think this is important for this because it is. Wait, so he gets it, he gets dramatics. He gets he gets. I guess it's been allowed. Oh, you're music. gonna allow? Oh, you're it? not. You didn't. You allowed it against Smug. Yeah. I did. Yeah, that several times. Yeah, when I did he not? Music, he did. Did he not? He did. I feel like this entire thing is become an attack on me. <laughs> I have said this many times over the years. The goal of any news organization should not be balance. The goal should be truth. Balance should not be the pursuit. Truth must be the North Star. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, I don't need any lame smoke and mirrors. I'm going to give you the hot fire of Sherry Jacobus. I'm not going to need an orchestra to play behind me. <laughs> this is a, a, a tweet uh, by Sherry Jacobus where she is, she has a picture of Dolly Parton. A picture of Dolly Parton. Who, uh, and then and a tweet from Dolly Parton inside it. The original tweet from Dolly Parton says, quote it's a good thing i was born a girl otherwise i'd be a drag queen dolly she quote tweets it and says same <laughs> wow i mean i have to be honest that's the winner like wow <laughs> I mean, and, and the scary thing is, I'm starting to worry that, like, Sherry's the, like, canary in the coal mine of, like, 
yes, we know whatever the lunatics on the left wanted like five years ago is what they they have today. That's where. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing too. Same. I actually saved. Is it uh, that or is it based? I saved the best part of it, which is that she tweeted the photo itself. <laughs> And she was like, oh, man, I'm not getting the engagement I want. So I need to reply to the photo? I quote tweet myself and say same <laughs> on top of it. Like I didn't tweet it out. I mean, that's It's incredible. pretty solid. It's good. It's pretty solid. All right. Uh, what do you got, Dunks? You got to lead the way here. Well, I got a lot. Yeah, round three to the champion. I got a lot, and I just can't decide what to play. Take your time. I mean, this is this is a clash of the titans here. It really is. Yeah, it's a good one. Dowd's good. I feel like I've missed his. He's got great stuff. Well, he's got a unique sort of rhetoric. He does. Right. He does. Yeah. And I appreciate. But that. it's very. It's very much. That's why, a, like the Jen Rubin Sherry matchup is tough. Yeah. Dowd. Dowd has this late '90s sort of view of the world where it's like you just kind of like if you can just narrate your way through mm-hmm. problems yeah dude that is it That's you know it. what i mean it, it, like let me just talk about this in terms of five syllable words right. that i think yeah. we'll be all set. <laughs> this game is like the most insightful media criticism <laughs> on the internet if i can just if i can just narrate our problems in five syllable words i i, I will show not only i'm smart but i can solve the world's problems okay so i've got two and I'm re- I really feel like it's a coin flip. It really depends on what you play. And so I, I you know, I gotta. It's yeah, tough. I, I'm, doing the t- I'm doing the same thing. Hey, I'm watching you. Heavy's the head, the where's the crown. It's tough. You gotta it take is. the champ tweet. It is. Okay, this is what I'm gonna play. Uh, you know, so Sherry loves a quote tweet. She really does. And this is from Republican accountability that she's quote tweeting. The original tweet. Uh, is uh, a quote from Paul Ryan who says, you know, if we nominate Trump again, we are going to lose. We lost with him in 18 and 20 and 2022. We know this. He will cost us another election. And Sherry quote tweets it and says, you lost with him in 2016. But then they got those secret exit polls Numbers on election night and dot, dot, dot. I guess that's how we won. <laughs> Secret exit. Wait, but exit. Okay. No, we got exit polls in 2016. And that's somehow how Donald Trump won is we got the secret exit polls. And then I assume the dot, dot, dot is Vladimir that's Putin. Strong. That's strong. I want, I want Putin, to- Putin changed the results. I want to hear directly from the challenger. I'm going to go in a different direction on this. I had one that was more direct, but I think this one actually cleanly narrates brain worms in a way that nothing else does. The GOP used to constantly claim the mantle of personal responsibility and accountability. Now, whenever anyone is held accountable for racism, anti-Semitism, and sexism, they scream about being canceled or wokeism. Weak. 
weak. That is not weak. That's strong. That is not. There is nothing weak about that. that. Just are you kidding? Every Democrat who's on Twitter has made that tweet. Oh, it perfectly summarizes the worldview. We are all canceled because we're Republicans. I got to be honest. I mean, that was good, dude. Good. Like you have to understand. This is coming from Matthew Dowd. This is a guy. She's saying the 2016 election was stolen by exit polling. Are you kidding me? Listen, I love that. <laughs> I, I, I love that so much. But I will say, just like in my defense here, this is a guy who literally was the chief strategist to George W. Bush. Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who ultimately ran the campaign Wait, in it, South Carolina. Is it who cucked Schwarzenegger? No, 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 many people are. Oh, and he cucks Schwarzenegger, no question. But but he ultimately I mean, that's that's wild. he ultimately oversaw a campaign in South Carolina that accused John McCain of fathering an illegitimate biracial child. I think that was true. I heard from a lot of a lot of people. Well, me. none of that was in the tweet. The tweet was, uh, I think, a tweet no, no, no. that any Democrat could ever send. I think that was strong, no, dude. no. Not a lot of Democrats send a tweet well, saying there was no, secret no, no. Exit the polling. background the is, is important here. The I think, background is important. I think that is important. I think that's the whole reason we picked just, the like just, never Trumpers, gonna, and that's why Matthew Dowd is the king of the hill. Dowd. I'm just. Return to the crown, no. baby. Return to the crown. Fellas, I think we've done... I can't believe, by the way, that you agreed with the fucking ridiculous that, South Carolina dude, campaign. Dude, <laughs> I agree. Dude, if there are any fringe theories, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the most outrageous things that's done in American politics. It's a fringe theory. American I am politics. I am Oh, my it. God. Okay. All right. Well, I think we did it. Fellas, absolutely, I think we did it. Thank you so much to our listeners. Next week, you know, uh, I don't want to give a spoiler. We have not one, but two presidential candidates. Thank you so much to our listeners. Stay tuned. So until next time, Minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Stay ruthless.